Hello everyone, Dr. Julie here, and you are listening to my Coffee Chats podcast. I am a health researcher, PhD trained, and chef self-trained, on a mission to leave the next generation and our planet a lot more of a healthier place. This is your space to ask questions on topics that no one seems to want to discuss, with information that is backed by research, along with a good dose of practical advice. Real talk, real people, real answers. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello beautiful people and hello 5am clubbers who I know are listening and waiting each Wednesday for these to drop. I think that's so cool by the way and I know we've been talking a lot about sleep on the podcast and waking up at the same time every day is one of the most powerful things that you can do for your circadian rhythm. So that's seven days of the week and for those of you that are in the passion of waking or waking early, you'll probably notice that even on the weekend, unless you're incredibly tired, your body will naturally wake at the same time. And so even though we often joke that we wish we could be like in our 20s, stay up all night and and sleep in all day, actually, as I said, the most powerful thing for regulating that circadian rhythm and therefore all of the restorative practices, hunger hormones and physiological responses that come with that is actually very powerful and something to keep in mind for small babies too. And of course in the holiday season where our routines can often get a bit topsy-turvy or travel that circadian rhythm and that regular wake-up is really powerful. I've actually got a podcast on resetting after travel, but I digress a little bit. I do just want to say as well, for the sake of my lovely editor, you may notice some bird tweets in here. I just want to say further the angst of that. Uh, Often I record these outside of home, but today I'm recording this inside of home. And at the moment I've got beautiful darling Ray uh, sleeping with me and it's just what he needs right now and he's four I've if you want to use the word taught all of my kids to sleep so I know that this is just something that uh, that he's needing right now so my usual spot <laughs> of where I would be recording at home which I can enclose a, a, a little bit is um it's got it's got a sleeping four-year-old in it I often feel I can tell you guys just little little snippets more of uh, kind of what's what's going on without uh, needing to say too much and that's just that's just something that he's needing right now and funnily enough the 5am for me having that time which is exactly what I'm doing recording now uh, has been one of my strategies and I've already got it uh, to kind of enable that and, and for me to be able to to do that and, and give uh, emotionally a little bit more like in that way. As I said I digress today what I'm going to be talking about <laughs> I've got this the talking episode because I feel that that's just what this is but more in terms of obviously I'm talking to you guys but I've got reframing treats which is something that comes up at this time of year talking to kids about food again this becomes more relative at this this time of year and I often do a bit of dialogue on this on socials then I've actually got one that relates to talking to yourself and even for me I found this one particularly challenging and it stemmed off a question from uh, beautiful Glenn and Doyle and Abby and uh, Amanda's podcast and I'll just I think we'll expand on that a little bit but in a future episode but I just want to give you guys just that, that little takeaway uh, to, to think about so treats ah <laughs> my biggest thing that I want to encourage you guys with this is to indeed have a think about how you want a treat defined for you I I don't want to tell you obviously I will gently nudge you into 
what that that could be. But I want you to be clear on that for you, and you're going to see this has been a bit of a, a theme across this episode too. If we look at the definition of a treat, it's an event or an item outside of the ordinary that gives great pleasure. Now, typically in food, a treat is associated with a very nutrient-poor food. And most of us were brought up this way. Most of us were brought up with the idea that when we do a certain thing or achieve a certain goal, that a treat of a nutrient-poor food is offered. So do come at this only from a place of love for yourselves, that you are rewiring your brain or rewiring terminology that's been ingrained for many years and then reinforced by heavy marketing and and a heavy push. And it's hard. It's hard to do that. I did on socials last week about how I use salmon, especially at the moment, as a treat food because it is more expensive and especially the the prepackaged salmon because it's very easy to use. And that's what we have on homemade pizzas for for Pizza Friday. And yes, there's always a little bit of a a tussle over any leftover salmon before it it goes on the pizza. But that's that's a treat. And that's also how I talk to the boys about it being a treat because it is more expensive. It is something that we wouldn't have every day. Will we have it over the Christmas period? Yes. In fact, I've come up with the menu with the boys of... Uh, of what we're having over Christmas and it's it's very simple and it's all of their like favorite foods so yes and you know within that it's been exciting for me at the age that they are where they can communicate that about what they would like and taking into account their own individual preferences and, and favorites too with that so in terms of a treat looking at that definition, something out of the ordinary, I think is really important to hone in on because when we look at nutrient poor foods, they're readily available. You know, often I give the example of like, you know, like a Tim Tam biscuit and that costs a couple of dollars. Look at what you get from it. Look at how available it is. You know, is that is that really a treat or is it actually making something at home with slightly more expensive ingredients or even just the pleasure of actually making it that would be shared and it doesn't it doesn't need to be too expensive either often it will be because that's why we have it out of the ordinary but it could just be something really special another example that I do at at Christmas time is I call it my pork trifle which I make a version for the boys that doesn't include pork, but that's something that I would only really make at Christmas time. And yes, is it more like pork with trifle as opposed to (laughs) trifle with pork? Very much so. And I enjoy that and I show the boys how it's made and this is going to lead really nicely into the next part of this, which is talking about food and kind of saving this for this period or for Christmas it also adds to that specialness 
of it and I try and make as much of the ingredients that I can from scratch, which is also why I wouldn't necessarily do that on a regular basis, you know, making custard from scratch and sponge from scratch. There, there is a little bit more, well, work and admin involved in that, but that adds to the pleasure for me. I think the idea of pleasure, given the dopamine response when it comes to talking about food as treats, that's, that's where it's challenging and that's why I wanted to bring up that definition of it because there is such a strong dopamine response with sugary foods and that's often where it can get associated because that's literally the pleasure centre of our brains and it releases dopamine which is our hormone that is going to make us feel good so do we want more of it and that's going to be a harder part to tackle so I think when we're talking about a treat and again this will be something for you to weigh up and think about how you want treats talked about at home I still think it's important to talk about the science behind it and why certain foods are framed as treat and how they're used by that in the food industry there's no right or wrong with this because if we start to put a a right or wrong behind it then it's it's actually not only going to add to our mental load but (laughs) literally take some of the pleasure away so my whole point of bringing this up is just to open up that discussion for you and also talk about it in the people that you'll be spending time with over this period how do we want to talk about what is a treat food what is a what is a special food and why now talking about food to kids because as you can see the the two of these are, are very related and even talking about food in our wider parenting unit to start with this is again going to be a challenging conversation in that you're looking at bringing together people all with a slightly different view, with slightly different values on and slightly different upbringings as well. And so if you're already going, how do I tackle this with in-laws, for example, or on my partner's side, or you might have family members with children that have been raised differently you know trying to merge all of that is is going to be hard and what you want to bring it back to is again what's important to you you can't change other people and having that expectation that everyone's going to be on the same page is probably setting you up to fail now for those of you with younger children the sooner that you start this the better I say this in all of my talks, do not underestimate how much even very small babies have picked up and observed about their food environment before they've even had food go into their lips. So how we talk about food and how we act around food as well is important because that's all part of the role modelling. You know, when we look at role modelling, we often sort of have a very narrow or singular focus of well this is what I'm eating and this is what my kids are seeing me eat but it's also the actions and these are examples that I like to give opening the fridge and being like there's nothing that I want here or I really want this but it's going to make me fat or it's going to make me put on weight or I feel very blur after eating this you know we think that because our younger children can't talk that they're not observing this And, you know, this is one of the reasons, too, that I really encourage 
or discourage the use of, of scales because when our kids are watching us jump on those scales and get deflated, they're observing that. You know, the same as when we're trying on clothes and our children are around us and they're seeing us, you know, pick and pull and target at our clothing. And again, come at this from only a place of love for yourselves because of how we've been brought up. So the main takeaway that I want to give you around talking about food is see your children as being agents of able to absorb a lot of information because they are. And then also see them as being able to be spoken about food on an adult level. And just the same as we talk about, and there's a lot of research behind this, and now there's a lot of books and resources you know, around talking about our bodies with the correct terminology. We want to do that with food. We don't need to label it as good and bad. If you've just started listening to the podcast, I've got some great tips on this right, right back at the beginning. So go back and have a listen. But you know, we don't we don't want to reframe food as good or bad because that's attaching morality to food. But we can talk about you know, how much goodness is this providing? What is this actually doing to us? We don't need to come at it very heavy, you know, in terms of, well, these are veggies, we'll want you to eat them because of X, Y, and Z, you know, at the time of eating. It can just be part of a normal conversation for those of you that have seen my children's board book this was one of the my first vegetables this was one of the reasons I created this book and it's great for babies it's great for young readers because it actually gives a resource to talk about vegetables in a way that it's not intense and at the meal time and, and while we are to quote unquote trying to encourage or, or get our children to eat remember in that division of responsibility we can't I've got some great uh, Christmas bundles, by the way, that include that book. So it's a great present to give at, at this time of year. So I've got, I've got some mini bundles with that. But using resources that are available there to still talk about food and, and the benefits of, of food without it being an intense or heavy discussion, but it's just part of the fold of, of what we do. And along with that, we can also talk about you know, where food comes from and if kids are feeling the pull with certain foods why talk about the marketing that goes on behind it for example I've actually given this in the nourished toddler which is when my oldest wanted juice and it was because he saw I think we we're at a Kmart checkout I had a newborn baby so it's a hand strapped to my chest Arjun all of two years of age saw these juice bottles with like Avengers on them and you know of course he wanted that at, at two and you know if we can barely separate out or or not be influenced by the marketing and we can't because that's that's the whole point you know we can't expect a, a two-year-old to be but we can talk to them about it so that they understand that uh you know the prime craze that that happened recently and, and how that was driven by you know youtubers that created it it doesn't mean that they don't get it but that they understand all of that and yes this is what I do so of course my kids have been exposed to a greater world with that but it's also interesting because they're actually capable of that and it helps them to make their informed choices it becomes part of an everyday conversation I don't even necessarily have all the answers with this this is a merge of you know science and research and marketing and parenting and like many of you I'm still stumbling my way through it while trying to make an active change in this. But what I have definitely seen 
with my children firsthand is that key point that I mentioned, that they are capable of making some informed choices and capable of understanding far more than we think or imagine with food. And no, you're not going to be demonising food if it's part of an everyday discussion and actually providing a lot of facts and science for them. Okay, now my last one, as I said, it's kind of about talking to yourself, but where this really came from for me was I was listening to a podcast of Glenn Doyle's and about the holiday season, and they asked this question, what do you really want for Christmas? And it so got me thinking, and my disclaimer is I don't have the answers yet, because, you know, so often we get programmed into putting our wants and needs aside. And, you know, I guess everyone's different. I struggle so much at Christmas for, a, like, a huge number of, of reasons. But even listening to that podcast, it was interesting because it was about, you know, memories, you know, sort of good, bad and ugly that can happen at the holiday season. And I was sort of like, I don't, I don't even have any and of the ones that I do. They're just... They are terrible, like horrific. And but even within that, there was sort of an answer there for me because, you know, when I was a child, all I would have wanted would be for my parents to be happy. That's it. And when we put on so much have tos at this time of year, you know, I don't remember anything about. Christmas other than that it was terrible and my parents were miserable and like there's a whole history with that which I don't need to get into it relative to this but it's something to think about because we do get so stuck in into these have to's at this time of year that actually what is the most important but that that question of what what do you really want I was like oh I I haven't even really thought about that this year now remember we get afraid to say what we want because of why it's not to say that we're going to get it or anything like that but just allowing ourselves to actually sink in and think you know what what do I really want not need but want and if it is money how much and for what and what would be the first thing that you would you would do with it as I said, this has even got me thinking about it. And I think it's going to be one that Kaz and I will do together and and actually un- unpack that a little bit, you know, what, what do we really want for Christmas? You know, deep down, if we if we could have anything, if we could close our eyes and you know, on, on Christmas Eve that, that would magically appear. Uh, last year, which was off the back of an incredibly challenging time. I was six weeks out of surgery and it was always going to be a, a, a tough Christmas and getting the boys a puppy, a new puppy after we had lost ours at Christmas was honestly one of the best things I have ever done. And even for me, you know, when I actually think back to that, the the gravity of, of what I did and what I created with that for them and and for us 
of what could have been quite possibly one of the worst Christmases actually became one of the better ones. And I'm I'm aware that, you know, as I say this, that there's a there's a question around budget, but you know, we were always going to get another puppy. Chloe had been quite um, very, very depressed and down after we, we lost Chase. And it, when I was looking, it happened to be that these uh, this particular breeder was offering Christmas Day uh, pickups for for the puppy. And I was like, oh, this is just this is just all perfect. And it was and it was meant to be, but. As I said, when I when I look back on that, I was like, "Wow, I I can't believe I actually did that and and created that, and that that will be a memory that we have forever." You know, every Christmas it's going to be well. We got you know this was when we got Charlie, and she's just turned one. But of course, we would have had her for a year at, at Christmas time, and you know, did it mean that other things didn't happen in order for for budget to allow for that? Yes, of, yes, of course. I just. You know, and I, I've got videos of that and, and videos of the boys opening opening the little box. She was tiny. She was only 800 grams when, when we got her. And their faces, you know, um, and then, you know, everything else is, I, that's it. I can't even remember what else I got for the boys. Not a lot. Um, don't We don't do a lot at, at Christmas. But, you know, and that was also something for me. That was a gift for me. You know, my dogs and my therapy dogs, I talk to my therapist a lot about them. She reminds me pretty much every session that I'm there about, you know, their importance and, and what they give and, and provide, you know, it's, again, what what do you really want? And what are you saying to yourself about that? Is there shame or guilt attached to your wants? Is it quickly overridden by a whole pile of shoulds? I'm challenged by this question, so... <laughs> I'm going to have a think, but I want to leave you with that this week. It'll be something we can come back to. I said it was a good talking episode, so covered a lot. Treats, talking to our kids about food, talking to ourselves, and what do you really want deep down if you could have anything this Christmas? Have a think. Would love to hear from you guys too. And... Just as a side note, I do read all of your emails. I really do. I know that I often don't have time to respond or probably respond over the Christmas period, but I read every single one, pass them on to CARES. They mean the world. So thank you so much. And uh, for you 5am clubbers, go out, have a wonderful day, and we'll see you guys same time, same place next week. I just want to do a shout out to our incredible sponsor, 06 Coffee. As you all know, I am coffee obsessed and 06 is a local New Zealand company, also very waste conscious. Coffee does not ask questions, coffee understands and coffee gives you five minutes peace in the chaos, which I really hope you get today. Please use the code 1506 for 15% off. That's it for this week's episode. If you do have a question, please drop it into the contact page of my website or a DM on Instagram. Everything from food, well-being, business, motherhood and life questions are answered here. I do really hope you get in a peaceful cup of coffee or at least take some time to yourself today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast to keep up to date and make sure you don't miss an episode. Until next week, with love, Dr Julie.